Rolling Bones Outdoors presents Hunt the World. From Montana to Mexico, Texas to Tajikistan, Alaska to Asia, Colorado to Canada, we hunt the world, and you can too. Do you want to take your hunting skills to the next level? Ever thought about going on that hunting adventure of a lifetime? But didn't know where to start? This podcast will be for you. Our team at Rolling Bones Outdoors is here to help you create memories that will last a lifetime. Are you ready? Let's hunt the world. Today we're going to help you learn more about shooting schools, what we do with shooting schools, what our feelings are and thoughts are on shooting schools. I'm Brian Maiman, co-founder of Rolling Bones Outdoors, and I have with me today again the great Brian Martin to my left. And then across the table from me is Brad Dana, and we are going to discuss one of our favorite things, and that's shooting and practicing shooting and the involvement in shooting schools and in your abilities and how we can help you. Maybe a few tips, tactics, and topics here today that will make you a better shooter, get you involved in the right top, uh, right places to make you better at shooting. So gentlemen, it's good to have you here today. I appreciate you. Uh, being on board with us. This is exciting. I love doing these, by the way. And I know this one probably we're going to have to work real hard at keeping at 30 minutes because we could talk for about three hours on this hot topic because this is one of those how do you do it deals. And we want to make sure that uh, uh, you, the listener out there that's coming in, get some real specifics. So, Brad, I'm going to start with you today. Normally, I start with Brian, but uh, shooting schools. Tell, tell me, tell me about your evolution and why you like them. Let's start there. I I like them because they're fun. <laughs> why not? Why wouldn't you like them? So, uh, first of all, beyond being fun, is they gain uh, they increase your confidence and your competence, and it just makes your whole your whole season better because. You get down to crunch time, first of all, it dramatically increases your success rate if you're competent and comfortable behind your whatever, gun, uh, whatever you're hunting with. But uh, yeah, I guess I started, I started by gaining mentors. Um, in the 19, early 1990s, I got a mentor that changed my world, um, started silhouette shooting, which is... Uh, you know, unsupported and you shoot out to 500 meters and it was a blast. I was, I was at that point, uh, just gotten done college football. I was in great shape. Right. And this guy was, I don't know, I don't know as, shape as, you can be, yeah. as good a shape as I could be in, I guess. Right. What, what, whatever that was a backhanded compliment. Thanks buddy. Uh, <laughs> it was more of kind of a shot, but that's okay. <laughs> and this guy, uh, he, he says, give me your gun. He goes, an old fat man can hit this. And he, sh- he dropped one of those rams at 500 with my rifle. And, uh, and you know, what a, what a learning experience. And so that was the beginning of my evolution uh, of, of this. And that was in like 1991. So, and, and what I've done is in my dental world, I take high quality CE, which, you know, and, and it's, it's way more expensive, high quality CE, instead of going to a state meeting and, and getting your hours that you require, you become really good at something that interests you. And uh, it just is a game changer. It changes your life. And that's what I did with that too, because I, uh, you know, um, my hobby and my passion is the outdoors, hunting, shooting, etc. And, uh, 
And I started by going and finding really high quality uh, shooting schools. And, and that's, uh, you know, it's, it's fun. It's, it's a recreational educational experience is the way I looked at it. And then I went into, uh, I had a, one of my mentors said, Hey, you want to, you want to do this team? Uh, what was it? Three gun. It was a, th- it was a tactical three gun. And we started doing that together. And that's where it was. Uh, it's not the three gun you see on TV, the shotgun, uh, carbine, etc. This one was handgun. Um, carbine, and one guy had the long-range rifle, and he shot it as a team. And so we started doing that, and then we do these 600-yard bench rest. Uh, we just all, did all kinds of different uh, shooting competitions. And uh, I still, if, if I can find a unique shooting school, I like to go take it and see what I can learn from it because there's always tidbits. I mean, very few people can't learn something from somebody else. And so uh, I just enjoy it. It's usually a couple hundred rounds in a weekend type thing. And go try to find something. Uh, Brian, you and I did that real unique one, uh, high angle mountain deal. Um, you know, so, so we, found, we found that as our evolution continues that we try to do the same thing. So um, I, think it's, I think it's maybe one of the most profound things that will change your hunting abilities is becoming uh, really comfortable with your weapon. I, I couldn't agree more. And, and the, because it, you do need to become one with the rifle. And that's what a lot of people aren't comfortable, you know, from the cheek weld. And this is what I found out. It taught me specifically a lot of things, but I'll talk about that in a second. But like even just that, that cheek weld, laying down, getting behind your uh, gun, having the eye relief right, you know, every time uh, you think you got it figured out. You, you, you know, these these schools and things give you a, a different perspective based on the positioning and your posture and your approach. But Brian, you you obviously have taught a lot of schools, been involved in a lot of shooting. And what I like about your, where you come from is you see epic failures with people's shooting abilities, especially when you take them to Asia, Marco Polo land, Ibex land. So I'd love to hear your intro thoughts on shooting schools and shooting and getting better at shooting. Yeah, well, shooting schools are super critical. To me, shooting is like, let's say if you take a guy who wants to learn martial arts and he's going to go to a fight um, and he doesn't train and uh, he's walking, you know, he's walking on his way to his fight and somebody jumps out of the alley and swings at him. He's not going to know how to block a shot in the heat of the moment. He doesn't have enough practice. He's going to, he's going to lose. And um, so to me, when you're hunting, if you don't have trigger time and you go and have something happen that you don't expect, literally a big Marco Polo, a big grizzly bear, a great big uh, mountain goat, Ibex, whatever it is that you're hunting, and you see this animal and the guy's yelling, shoot, shoot, big, big, and is getting ready to go over the hill and you don't have any shooting schools or at some point in your life you didn't grow up like I did on a farm and ranch where you lived with your gun in your truck or your quad or in your house all the time, you don't have that ability to have that connection with your, your gun. And so when you, uh, when the, literally when it hits the fan, you are not going to be ready and epic failure happens more often than not because you forget is the safety on what powers your scope on how many bullets do you have in your gun is the gun canted in the scope yourself because you rushed you know how the right position so all those things a shooting school can help um, there's nothing like having trigger time of 150 to 350 rounds on a weekend and it's good for replacing barrels it's good for gunsmiths also 
Um, but really, and all jokes aside, a shooting school gives you that familiar, familiarity with your, your gun. And also, you should shoot a lot of different guns. I know hunters that are scared to shoot another gun on a, a trophy animal they don't own or haven't shot many times before. A good shooter can take any gun that's reasonable and that fits him somewhat decent and shoot it really well and probably shoot it better than the owner if he um, has had the practice um, on other products before. So, like, for example, I travel. Most of the animals I've shot internationally outside of Africa have been with borrowed guns. I mean, most of my Asian animals have been borrowed guns. Um, all my Ibex have been borrowed guns. Um, most of the, some of the Marco Polo I've shot, only uh, one or two. Um, the international sheep I shot with my own gun. Uh, the tour, all that was borrowed guns. So when you go to a shooting school, I encourage people to shoot a lot of different guns. I started going to shooting schools uh, years ago. Uh, the first one I ever actually went to was with Daryl Holland in Oregon. He's been a friend of mine for probably about 12 or 15 years. I did that school with uh, Ron Spomer, who's a really good outdoor writer, and that was my first experience. Most of my long-range shooting and everything was self-taught. Uh, I grew up on a ranch where I could shoot 500 to 1,000 yards, and I didn't really have a gun for it, but I got a gun that was decent, and I could easily shoot to six or 700, which is good for, you know, for sh shooting applications for hunting. But like in these shooting schools, you know, 600 yards is a close shot once you get warmed up. Um, uh, I, I know that, like, for example, Hollands, we shot out to about 950 yards. I've been under other shooting schools where we're shooting out to almost 2,000 yards, which is a joke for hunting. That's just to see how badly you shoot and what happens when the wind hits your bullet and, and how much correction you actually have to have. When you start correcting 60, 70 MOA, you realize, oh, my, that's a big difference. You're, if you're off a little bit, you're going to miss everything. So it makes a 500-yard shot seem easy. So for me, the shooting school has been great. I've been to Texas. I've been one in California. I've done a couple, one with Daryl and another one with Daryl. I've done the one uh, with my sister, uh, sister's ranch where she manages. I've done the ones with you guys a couple times now. So shooting schools are awesome. I would encourage everybody who hunts, whether they're expert or not, to do shooting school. And um, also do prairie dog shoots, also do coyote hunts, do some cull hunts in Africa. Um, do some stuff in Australia. Trigger time is something you can't buy. You only earn it. Uh, just like if you're going to go do karate and you want to get a black belt, you don't do it overnight. It takes a long time. And to get that familiarity with a, a rifle where you can not miss animals and, and be very confident under pressure in the heat of the moment is really, really key. I, uh, I shot in a few of those three-gun tournaments with uh, Daryl, and he shot his long-range guy, shot a pistol, and he was pretty darn good with a pistol at long range. It was a, he shot a seven psalm oh, yeah. in a pistol. He's kind of a character. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely a character. Most, most, I mean, to me, men and the guns is like women and horses. I mean, if you ask a guy to choose between his guns and hunting and a woman, most of the time the crazy guys will choose the hunting and guns. And if you ask to choose Maybe between Maybe they're not a, crazy. Oh, well, just saying, just no, saying. No, I mean, the fanatical guys, the passionate ones. And ask a woman who loves horses to choose between her men and a horse. And, and the, the opinions that you get between what is the best trigger, what's the best scope, what's the best method is as diverse as the people who ride horses and what's the right. best saddle. Quarter horse, the best, thoroughbred Arabian. Exactly. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, they, it's crazy. They go just, nuts over it. Really yeah, well and, broke yeah, is the best horse. Yeah, so what you learn when you do these shooting schools, you learn and, and you get experience and exposure to a bunch of different products because some instructors are really good hunters, but most of them are really good shooters more than they are good hunters. So I've learned and what I've done is when I've gone to shooting schools, um, a, a lot of the schools don't really teach what's going to happen when that Marco Polo looks at you at 450 yards and get ready to run. Forget the Kestrel, forget all that stuff. you got to make the shot now. And uh, so a lot of the shooting schools are taught by tactical guys, 
um, guys that have done a lot of shooting competitions, but a shooting competition is different than hunting. So you need to take a shooting school where the instructor has also done a lot of hunting like Daryl has. And that's really key. If you have somebody who's never done the hunting and you're trying to learn hunting, you can learn fundamentals though. Sometimes the hunters are not very good in teaching fundamentals and you need fundamentals, a proper bolt throw, proper cheek placement and all this. And a shooting school, a good instructor uh, will help you and correct your problems and faults. Everybody has a problem and fault. Even a good shooter will start punching the trigger sometimes, they'll cant the gun, um, they'll pick their head off the stock, they don't follow through, and that's all things a good instructor will tell you about. So when you go out there and make that shot, you're, you're, all, you're thinking about that. You're thinking, you know, am, is, am I punching the trigger? Am I lifting my head off the stock? And that's all stuff you need to do and, and know about. Yeah, I, I, the, 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 this is, to me, listening to you guys, it, it gives me, Brian, it gives me a great feeling about, man, you know what, if I'm going to go on a hunt, I should invest some time into the specifics necessary, um, especially coming out west or going overseas or something like that. And one of the things that I would say, you know, I grew up on a farm in Iowa, and even though we didn't have a rifle season, and the reason I preface Iowa is because Iowa does not have a rifle deer season. It's, it's a shotgun and bow. So I had the three things specific to my world I lived in, which was a, a bow, a shotgun and a 22 rifle. Mm -hmm. I remember as a kid thinking if I could get this 22 rifle to shoot a little further. So I remember going down and getting a better scope and it had little hash marks in it is what I called them. Put it on there, zeroed it, got it all set up. And then I was shooting those fox squirrels at 104 yards. Now it was very scientific how I figured out it was 104 yards because it was out in the horse pasture on the farm I grew up on. I just stepped off 104 paces. And so I knew exactly what my holdover was in a little area that when that squirrel would come up there because I would throw corn down and then when that squirrel would come up I could shoot a squirrel at 104 yards and I was like 80% at 104 yards with a 22 rimfire an old marlin bolt action so you baited you squirrels yeah 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 oh listen gosh. no 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 if for those of you listening in Iowa you can appreciate this okay I grew up on a farm in Iowa Willie Nelson was playing songs saying save the farmer and and like and he was still I, smoking weed back then oh yeah 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 and and, and a lot of my buddies were smoking a little ditch he quit that too. though but the reality was, this is no kidding, the reality was, until I was 18 years old, I had way more, okay, I had way more pheasant fingers than uh, chicken McNuggets at McDonald's, mm -hmm. and I ate way more squirrel pot pie from my mother than I ever did ribeyes. Does that make sense? It does. that's what we had. And uh, so, but that was my first introduction to wanting to be a long range shooter or thinking about that. And uh, I remember reading all the resources to try to figure it out. Now there's such a plethora. I think there's three big things for, for the listener and a lot of individuals out there that they have to deal through. Okay, they got there's so much information on what caliber's right. And we're gonna talk about that in, in, in the next episode, okay, is what caliber's right and, and how we uh, pick that out. But I think that's one. Number two, what rifle's the right form? Hey, I have a call from a buddy of mine from uh, Iowa City the other night. Do I do an AR platform? Do I do a, a bolt rifle? Do I hunting an application? And then, and and then the other, the uh, the third thing is opinions, like you said. You know, oh my gosh, you know, where's the right place to go? For me, if you want to be a long range shooter and you want to get educated, there's three genres that I would look at, and I would throw myself into that specific arena: military, long range shooting tournament guys, and then hunting guys. And we run our own shooting school, not soliciting it, but I would encourage you to go look at it online. 
you know, rollingbones.com, go there, check it out. But you're going to find out ours is specific with these two sitting across the table from me. They want to teach you how to, does that make sense? How to use your pack for a rest, how to use your shooting sticks, how to not to chicken wing, how to get the proper cheek weld, how to range and read wind in a hunting application. So when I personally think of listening to you guys, my, my, my point is that I, I think that there's so, it's such a broad spectrum of this, that there's such a broad spectrum to this, that, that like Brad talked about three gun, his introduction was through a tournament application and guys were doing it. Yours, total, total hunting, but knew a lot of long range guys. But, but your application is from a perspective. I've got it in guiding people. I mean, how many people, if they would have had one shooting school and shot six more boxes of shells would have killed twice the trophy in your entire hunting career? How many, what would you say? Well, at one point I had hunters had missed and he figured some of the guys that missed several Marco Polo because it was either really difficult shooting, they had bad luck, or just bad shooting skill too. Um, it was about one to one for every Marco Polo that was killed. There was one that was missed. Wow. So 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 that means thirty Marco Polo dead, thirty missed. Well, you're, that means they had to shoot at sixty Marco Polo to kill thirty. Makes your guiding job a heck of a lot harder when you know you got a 50-50 chance. If I get him on this ram, well, he's gonna the, miss it. Makes you really thing. good at stalking. <laughs> <laughs> One of, one of the things all three of us know, because we're in the circle, that that you, the listener, might not know, is that the outfitters that we work with and guides, if they could have their hunter go to a shooting class, one, it they know it ups their their chances of success with their shooter, and and it just makes them appreciate. It. I, I know this when you show up in camp, and the guy sees you shoot. And you handle your rifle away. You get on the right the rifle away. You have your own routine, your own approach, and your own attitude towards making the shot, even at the range. It gives the outfitter and the guide a lot of confidence. Do you guys not see that same thing? Oh, it's a hundred percent. I mean, here's the reality: when we say long range, we don't go out looking for long range. It's all relative. It's long all, range could be two hundred yards we, in the wind. We make our living between four and eight hundred yards. And I know most of our stuff has been filmed for the last six, seven, eight years because we've had a TV show and, and filmed everything. But if you are comfortable, it's so much easier. To, to get a quality shot at an animal at 400 than trying to sneak and, and get to this magical 200 and they're more alert. You can take your time. You can really I like 200, though. You know, 200's well, great. 200's it, it great. It depends yeah. a lot if you're going guided or solo. If you're solo, you have a lot less eyes and you can sneak in there. And typically, do-it-yourself hunters are better hunters. But when you're dealing with a guided client, he... Oh, he, be he, careful. He doesn't now, everybody, now, now, you listeners, be careful, okay? No, what I mean is a good do-it-yourself hunter, especially if they bow hunted and then they pick up a rifle for them, a two or three hundred. That's yard why shot I'm better because I was relatively easy. And I was a bow hunter, but so certain animals, certain animals like a Marco Polo, like an ibex, four hundred yards is a close shot, or at least a. I mean, they're super. A Marco Polo is spookier at four hundred than say like um, certain animals might be at one hundred and fifty or two hundred. So you have to understand what the animal is. And for me, like our, the, the, most of our animals are shot between three and 600 in Central Asia. In Northern British Columbia, when I guided, most of our animals were shot between 100 and 400. We didn't shoot many animals over 500. And in Wisconsin, I mean, a long shot for us was 250 yards, a lot of timber. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You, you're, you're dealing with a lot of timber. You're, you're dealing with it. It's just not like it is out here. But how many people do we talk to from Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, uh, New York that come out here on a Western hunt and we say, buy 10 boxes of shells, put 
two of them away. They'll, you'll take those with and shoot you. the other eight before you get here. And shoot the other eight. And they think we're smoking crack. Like that's, like that's like eight generations of my family's lifetime of ammo. What would I do that for? Right. Well, well I, would tell, I would tell you, the listeners specifically, if you, the, the big, what did you just say? You can't buy trigger time? You can't buy trigger time. Just like you can't, like if you can't get marathon shape. You or can't, you can't earn it. That's right. You said you can't you earn trigger earn it. time. Yeah. yeah. So, so I would say to people that they should. You can buy a custom rifle. But you can't become a good shooter with money. Yeah, a custom rifle doesn't make you a good shooter. What makes you a good shooter is going down and becoming one with that rifle. When we, when we have our individuals that come out here and go through the shooting school, the thing I love best about what I hear when they leave is, oh, my gosh, I didn't know we were going to shoot that many rounds. When you said we were going to shoot 200 rounds, I had no idea. I have never felt more comfortable with my rifle and shooting than, than I do today. There's something it's, – it's like this, okay? It's like this. It's like building a company, in, in, in which I've done a few uh -huh. times. If you go see, let's say, and I've been in sales all my life. If you go see a 1,000 people over a 20-year period, that's a lot of people. But if you can go see 500 over a six-month period, you're going to get a lot better m compounding in your business. Does that make sense? What people don't understand is if you can shoot 200 rounds, like you said, Brad, over five years or you come out here in two and a half days and shoot 200 rounds, you're going to know your rifle. You're going to know how to follow up from a miss. It's a whole different deal. Mm -hmm. well, it's like taking, I've taken a couple race car driving schools and, and go-kart racing classes. And you go do that for three or four days. You can't even hold on to the steering wheel after, but you, you, by doing it, learning what the car is doing, you get really good at it. So when you get in a bad situation on icy roads or, yeah, you know, power drifting around a corner, you know exactly what the car is going to feel like. If you only do it once a year, you don't really know. You go do it for four days in a row, you know exactly what it Dude, feels like. How fast will that no, Chevy truck on. go? Yeah, of yours. <laughs> <laughs> he's driving a Toyota right now, and it's the right. company, so let's not find out. Hey, <laughs> hey, you and I, we're going to go racing. I've never taken a racing class, but I did take a car to a racing track and ride my own. And the other thing is, one weekend, I spent a thousand bucks on go kart racing just because I, I wanted to go like be good at it. Right. And I'm a little obsessive compulsive in a way. And so I went to the Wisconsin Dells and didn't leave the speed track for two days. And all the little kids were mad at you, weren't they? You, you had you had to Oh, they were you ran them off. Dude, you ran them off. You, you ran them in Yes, the, are you kidding me? I, I so, had to master my craft. But oh after like gosh. that, after like That's seriously, I'm not even I'm not That's even kidding. Bro. By day two, Quit talking. no, it was embarrassing because every little eight year old just stayed out of my way. I, I could get in and out of them, boom. Brian, but you were exactly right. Brian, the yeah. six foot five bully. <laughs> That, that's I'm the same height as another kid. Ran the eight-year-olds off the track. But but so here's what I would say about shooting schools. A lot of shooting schools, though, um, they especially if they're a shooting school that they're selling you a product, they're selling you a gun. They're actually they're they're proving to you what the gun can do, and they're showing you, you know, kind of what the gun's capabilities are. But you actually still don't know what you're capable of when you actually go hunting, and, or do a shooting school that's a little more advanced and you have more uh, off-caliber shooting, time shooting that then you actually have a better understanding of what you can do. But, it, but keep in mind that most shooting schools are really just showing what the gun can do. Until you actually go hunting, until you have that pressure and the raised heart rate, uh, you're not going to really know what you're capable of. That's why at some point you'd have to go shoot live animals, prairie dogs, coyotes, coal hunting in South Africa, whatever it is. Maybe you go down odd hunting a couple times 
and do some in, and uh, shoot a couple of them. Now, there's a lot of things you can do, but if you don't have trigger time and you're a newer hunter, especially if you didn't start hunting until you're 20 or 30 and never had that killer time, I, I call it when you're a teenager, um, you're not going to have, when, when, when stuff goes south and the animal's spooked or you don't have much time, you're not going to have time to get in shooting position because it's not like a bench at the range. It's not like laying in front of a mat at one of these shooting schools where everybody has time. You don't have time, and your mind has to work very quickly, find a rest, and, and shoot. And the shooting school is a huge start to that, but uh, you have to go to the right shooting school also. Uh, it, w w yeah, you have a great point with being able to read the animal and know how to do that and how to make that approach. And I couldn't agree more with you. Being a kid growing up with a BB gun and a 22 rifle and trying to shoot things that were going to react and act to you as you're moving in on them and you had to get close teaches you a lot of those tricks and trades. Brad, what would you say uh, the number one thing that if you were going to shooting school today, you would want to take away from it? What would I want to take away from a shooting school? What would be your number one thing? You were, you were, you, you're a hunter, you have a rifle, you are going on a hunt. What would you say you would go to a shooting school today, say, I'm going to go there and I want to walk away with this? Well, it, you know, that's a very vague question. No in specific fact, question. In the fact of what, what level of a shooter am I? I just told I'm, you, you have a I'm rifle, the... you, you're, you're, you're living, you're living, you're Dennis in your Peoria, Illinois. And I've never been to a shooting school. But I you have a rifle, you've killed deer, and you're coming out on a mule deer hunt. What's the one thing that you would say, I want to take away, knowing your knowledge now and knowing De Dennis in Peoria, Illinois, what's the one thing you would come to a school wanting to take away? I, the One of the things that I see is uh, that people struggle with is uh, just the fundamentals of mark marksmanship. I mean, once you get the fundamentals of marksmanship down, you can take that with you everywhere. And uh, most people... So what um, is that specifically? What's the fundamentals of marksmanship? The, the, the Dennis is listening right now, and he doesn't know what you mean. Well, it, it's, it's uh, sight alignment, trigger control, follow-through, uh, breathing, all, all those things. Those are the things that those would be my priority. If I, got, if I got those fundamentals down, I can work on that back home dry firing. I can work at that on the range on my own. I can do dot drills. I can do uh, speed drills. I can do all that other stuff, but people have to start. I mean, most of the people that show up, their their guns not even set up to to shoot to for them properly. You know their scopes not level. Their scopes uh, their eye positions incorrect. And uh, so I would I would want to learn and and get as as much mastery of the fundamentals down as possible. And uh, perfect and go from there. Perfect. That's exactly what I wanted. How about you, Brian? You know, I would say for me, if I had to do one thing at a shooting school would be to get more confidence and your ability to make difficult shots. Wind judging is huge. I think for a lot of guys, wind judging, uh, understanding how to um, – understanding the math, the MOA, what the MOAs mean, what shooting on angles does. Um, you know, the technical side of a gun that you don't really get in hunting. So the technical, tactical stuff that you can apply to hunting, but you can really practice at a shooting school and not be afraid to make a mistake. So if you really want to become a good shooter, you have to be willing to miss. Uh, you can't think about missing. You know you're going to miss some of these shots at the shooting school. So it's a good great point. place to miss. Great it's point. a great place to make yourself look like an idiot um, because then you can correct your mistakes. If you, if you, and smart guys learn from their mistakes, and they learn what their limits are, and they learn, okay, if I'm shooting uphill at 30 degrees – you know, I got to do this, I got to do this, and if I do this, I'm going to scope myself. If I don't do this, this is going to happen. So pushing yourself to the limits and testing yourself and your equipment so when you get to the hunt, it's a lot easier. 
making an 800-yard shot with a 20-mile-an-hour crosswind in a shooting school, who cares if you miss five times? Now when you go to a hunt and you have a 20-mile-an-hour crosswind at 400 yards, it's a pretty easy shot. If you've never exactly. done that, people have a hard time imagining how far you, how far you have to hold off. And, oh, that can't be right yet. Yeah, the math does not lie. It's 15 miles an hour. It's 600 yards away. Your BC is this. The wind drift is going to be this. If you don't hold there, you will hit him in the ass. You'll miss him. So, Perfect. I mean, it's, you, it's a chance you to test yourself take? away. It's what, well, I'm, I'm glad you asked because that, that was, I was going to have all three of us do it. The one thing I would want to take away is I, I took the advanced course in, uh, in Dallas on a shooting course. I took all three of their courses. And one of the things the instructor said to me, and it changed my life forever, is go hunting and kill every single animal you see several times every time you're hunting. Dry fire. Dry fire. I do that all and the time. And you said it earlier, and, and you know this because you've been hunting with me. I took that to heart, and I went to my backyard, and if it was a sparrow, if it was a deer, if it was a grouse, if it was anything, I was dry firing on. I still do today. When we get down behind the animal, if we're not going to shoot it. All the time. All the time. Or even I, if we I, are going to shoot it I, I, a lot of times. Well, that, that's an that's a absolute, too, because he's going to die. But here's the thing. Your mind cannot determine the difference between a clean break and when you're going to shoot and when you're not. And here's the thing. There, there was these uh, um, professional, I'll end on this. There's this professional, I read this there, uh, in, in a magazine on shooting, and I have a buddy that goes, he was obsessive compulsive with this BB gun air gun shooting, and he went and won like the world things. Mm -hmm. And his number one competition were, uh, I think it was the Japanese. And they would sit and train, and they didn't have the same resources. Right, they didn't have the range. They didn't have the range, and so they would sit and train with the trigger and no bullets, and and they and they would just sit there and dry fire, dry fire, dry, dry, dry fire. And so they were better than anybody else, or as good as anybody else, and they never even shot their guns. Uh, sometimes they've never they they've never sh competed. They've never actually shot a live round exactly until they got to the you know what, what you know what I've done before. What's that? sit in the living room, play the Discovery Channel or Disney movie, and have your 416 with your open sights. I do it all the time. And dry fire on all the, uh, the I Bambies and some I, I do, I, Dude, I do it all the time. I, 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 and then shoot the running. Especially, especially if I have a new rifle. So I'm on that Shoot the running warthogs and everything else. And, do not and, have any ammo anywhere in your gun or anywhere near if you're going to dry fire. Just a, a disclaimer. Yeah, that is a good disclaimer. So anyway, guys, I really think that's phenomenal. Just a quick reminder, Mondays and, or I'm sorry, just a quick reminder, Tuesdays and Fridays, we have our Hunt the World Zoom, 314-896-6854, 314-896-6854. You guys jump on. We, we do a video slideshow all over the world with great hunters, great outfitters, every Tuesday and Friday, and that is at 7 p.m. Mountain Time. 7 p.m. Mountain Time. I said that wrong last week. 7 p.m. Mountain Time. Just so everybody knows. Thanks for coming in today. Thanks for listening. We appreciate it. We hope you are better for listening to this today. And this helps you in your next adventure and exposes you to more information that will make you a better outdoors person. Appreciate you.